Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place. Lord, I'm asking that you would help me to even hear your own words that we're going to be speaking today. Help me to put it into practice in my life. Help me to move on from fear and start to move on in the things that you've got for me. Help me to move on to the next level, I pray. Help me this morning to preach this message, I pray. And if you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Last week, um, I started something and I didn't quite finish it. And uh, so this morning, we're going to do part two. So if you weren't here last week, I'd encourage you to uh, go and listen to the podcast again. Um, I believe God's showing us something. And, um, I, but I wasn't quite finished. God had some more in my, put it more in my heart. And I'd just like to share that with you this morning. You know, um, in life, I noticed how we, we go through different layers, different levels. We keep going from one level to the next. Just think of the kids. What, when do they go to school here? About five, six years old. And they are so nervous. They're level one. And they're terrified. They're shaking. Their clothes are too big and everything. And have you noticed they, they start to get more confident as they go through the years? And finally, they get to the top end of their school, uh, junior school. And they're level 10. And they're so confident. They're so big. They're so, and they, they're right at the top. But then society says, would you like to move on to the next level? And they started one again, and they become the baby in senior school. And they're so nervous again, and all of a sudden the uniform doesn't fit anymore, and they have to grow into it, and they keep on growing from year to year. And finally they reach their A-levels. You've all seen the A-level students. Oh, man, can they strut their stuff? You know, they, they are so super in charge. We're the man. But you know what? It's short-lived, because then life says, come on, move on to the next level. Why don't you go to university, and all of a sudden you the smallest little fish in this huge pond again. And that only lasts for a couple of years until you, you're graduating and you think you've reached the pinnacle of life and you're all mighty and you're so powerful and you suddenly go into the work environment and suddenly realize you're number one on the next level. He has a good saying for you. We stop growing when we stop going. We've got to keep on moving. We've got to keep on going. Are you allowing the prestige of where you're at to stop you from going to the next level? Yes, the children of Israel slavery for 400 years and God sets them free takes them out with Moses into the wilderness it's a great great story they get into their wilderness there they are pinned in between mountains the Red Sea behind them and the Pharaoh's armies coming down on them 600 assassin chariots coming to deal with them and sort them out and here they have the fear factor that grabs them and say we are going to die we are We're in a hard place. And that's where some of us find ourselves, in a hard place. What are we going to do? So we start to grumble and complain and start to moan and say, it was better when I was on the lower level. I don't want to be on this higher level. I don't want to keep, I want to go back to the good old days. God's asking us to move on to the next level. But God, I'm scared. He says, I want you to move on. God, it's frustrating. I want you to move on. But God, I don't know what to do. I want you to move on. On. What do you do when you cry out to God and He doesn't answer you instantaneously? And the preacher stands up and says, Move on. You see, the miracle is in the moving. We're talking about miracles. God needed the Israelites to move into the Red Sea. When the waters had passed, so the enemy could chase them in and he set an ambush. So God could sort out 
those Egyptians once and for all. Once and for all. He says this, Moses said, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord he will bring you today. The Egyptians that you see now, you will see no more. They're surrounding you, behind you, all over you. I'm scared. God's asked me to go to the next level. I don't know what to do. I'm not hearing clearly from God. I read my Bible and I'm not getting anything. I'm praying and it's a brick wall. I'm frustrated. And all I'm hearing is, move on. God has got protection behind me, around me. He separated the Egyptians and the Israelites with a cloud of fire. Darkness to the Egyptians, light to the children of God. See, God has got your back. Would they trust him enough? Would they put their trust in God and say, I trust that that cloud is going to do the job. I'm believing you and going to move forward. When you're in that situation, you're not hearing God, are you prepared to move on and go to the next level? See, I'm not fighting by myself. I'm not living by myself. I've got God with me. He's setting the ambush. He sends the wind of the Holy Spirit in. And the wind of the Holy Spirit parted those waters. When you start to move, the Holy Spirit begins to blow. When you begin to move, the Holy Spirit begins to blow. Fear is a big thing for us. Fear is a massive thing for us. And I want to show you something here. That, And as I was praying about this, I start off sometimes with a bit of apprehension. And, and the Bible would just call that fear. One global term, fear. But what about the next level down? It starts, I'm troubled, and then I get a little bit scared. Come on, please tell me that when your kids went to school, they didn't feel a little apprehensive of the next level. They didn't feel a little bit scared. Is that right? The children of Israel, when they left Egypt, they were a bit apprehensive. They were scared. But then they start to get into worry. They got into anxiety. And then panic starts to set in, and terror starts to set in. And finally, you get paralyzed. See, that's not good. But what I want to show you is God spoke to them and said, I want you to move on even though you're a little apprehensive. Even though you're a little bit scared, I want you to press on to the next level. They had faith. They were moving in the dark. They were following a leader they'd never met before. But they were scared. You see, the presence of faith is not the absence of fear. Sometimes you can be a little bit apprehensive Sometimes you can be a little bit scared and still move on. Are you prepared to trust God enough and move on? Yes, the children of Israel and Joseph, when he was with him, had made a promise. He said, you're only going to be here for a while. God is going to take you into the promised land. They are standing here in a promise. And over there is the land. They start moving along in life and they encounter a test. You see, whenever you've got a promise, you're going to get a test before you get to the land. Whenever you get a promise from God, you're first going to get a test, and then you're going to get the land. Abraham is a father of nations. He promised you're going to be dad almighty, you're going to be all thousands and millions of kids. But first he had a test, will you sacrifice Isaac to me? 
Gideon was a, 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 in the wine press, and God says, I want you to become a warrior, but first is a test. Will you go in and take down the idols of Baal that people are worshipping? Nehemiah was promised to be a governor, but will you be obedient and will you do pass the test? David is promised to be king, but he finds himself in a cave hiding away from Saul. Maybe you've got a promise from God and you know the land is over there, but right now you're facing the test. And the question that I've got for you this morning is, what do you do in the test? What are you going to do in that test? Ten times the children of Israel messed up. Ten times. First of all, it took 44 days. They could have got to the promised land in 44 days, but God took them a long route around. They get to the promised land, the Jordan River. They look in. They send 12 spies over to the other side. They look at the promised land, and they come back, and they say, no, we can't do this. We want to go back to Egypt. They got to the test. They failed the test and went all the way around the mountain. So then God says, well, come on, let's lead you some more. And God leads him a little bit further. Then they find a problem, a new test. I'm thirsty. And they start grumbling and complaining about being thirsty. Here's the test. But instead of passing the test and putting their trust in God, they grumbled and complained, so they had to do another lap around the mountain. Twice they complained about water. Twice they complained about the manna that God was giving them. They complained about not having meat. Ten times they frustrated God. They got to the test and they turned their back and refused to trust God. And so they never, they kept on doing another lap around the mountain. Have there been situations in your life where you've seen the promise, you've got a promise, you know there's the land and there's this test and maybe you, don't, you haven't realized that you're in a test situation. Before you can go from junior school to high school, you've got to pass the test. Before you get from high school to university, you've got to pass the test. Before you get from university to work, you've got to pass the test. Before you go from one level to the next level, you've got to pass the test. Or are you just going to grumble and complain? <laughs> I was doing God's business. I was healing somebody, a little girl that was demon-possessed, and I got thrown in jail. (laughs) How fair is that? I know my rights. I'm a right to the church leaders. This is unacceptable. You're going to do another lap around the mountain. Or you prepare to pass the test and get into the promised land. Oh, now they're standing with Joshua at the Jordan River, Facing another test. This time, the Jordan River is in flood. Anyone who steps into that river is going to drown. And God says to them, I want you to move on. Is there another God up there? Anyone else listening? Do you not see the predicament I'm in? I want you to move on. Oh, well, that's just the children of Israel. It doesn't, this doesn't apply to us. Could you read this with me? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Listen to these words. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. We all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being. Oh, I don't like the Bible sometimes. Why does he have to just say it like that? Couldn't he have been a little bit more diplomatic? That sounds South African. Blunt. But God will be faithful to you. He's got your back. He's got the cloud there. 
You might not feel it. You might not see it. I'm telling you, God is watching for you. He will screen and filter the severity, the nature and the timing of every test or trial that you face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust Him more. Oh, let me just stop there. Each test is an opportunity to trust Him more. Instead of, we've got no water. This manna, my goodness, it's not vegan. Maybe they could have said, Lord, thank you so much for providing us with this lovely food. And thank you that you bless it to our bodies in Jesus' name. But, um, you know, a little bit of variety could be, have you thought of that? You know, we'd really praise you. Like, and they could have had a different attitude and passed the test. Where are you facing that test? Are you in promised test land? I'm reminded of a story um, of a guy by the name of Jehoshaphat. And you can read the story in Second Chronicles chapter 20. Jehoshaphat, the king, um, he reads and in verse 1 of that chapter, five kings gather against them and going to obliterate them off the face of the planet. And I love the next verse. Verse 3 says, And Jehoshaphat was scared. Oh man, thank you Jehoshaphat for being scared. That means I'm in good company. The children of Israel were scared. Moses, Joshua is scared. Jehoshaphat scared. Gideon was scared. Nehemiah was scared. Wayne is scared. But I didn't stay scared. He didn't stay scared. What did he do? He moved on. Listen to this. Jehoshaphat then in verse 9 cries out to Almighty God. And then look at this. The Spirit of the Lord blows in. The Spirit of God lands on the prophet. And he says, you will not have to fight this battle. You won't have to. And the famous verse that you all know, verse 22, and I'm going to quote it to you. It says, Now when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the enemy, and they had a massive victory. Are you in a hard place this morning? And you're under trial. Are you prepared to take the promised test land and praise the Lord. Oh, my, my body is racked with pain. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm not getting there. I, I can see the promise over there. But I, I'm being not successful at the moment. And I still, it's getting worse. Are you prepared to praise the Lord? Oh, wait, my job. I've lost my job for the fifth time. This is the fifth time I've been retrenched. Give me a break. God, is there God out there? Instead of moaning, dropping and moaning. Are you prepared to praise the Lord? Oh, my knee, or my hip, or my back, or my head, or my, oh, my kids, my kids. Are you prepared to praise the Lord? Or are you just going to grumble and complain in the bad situation and do another lap around the mountain? You know, Joshua, he was scared. He was scared. And uh, we know he's scared because in the Joshua chapter 1, four times God speaks to him and says, Joshua, be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. The fourth time, be strong and very courageous. 
Why would you tell someone to be strong and courageous if they weren't experiencing a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of nervousness, a little bit of apprehension? Are you sure we've got to cross the river? Are you sure you want us to go the other side? I've seen the other side. There's giants the other side. Hello, is there another opinion, please? And God is saying, move on to the other side. And he says, I'm a little bit nervous. And God says, I need you because you're in your test, Joshua. Are you going to praise me? Are you going to be strong and courageous and move on to the other side? Seeing as I'm South African, I'm going to quote Nelson Mandela. Courage is not the absence of fear, but the triumph over the fear. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. Courage is not the absence of fear, but the triumphing over it. Are you prepared to move on while you're scared? Oh my goodness, my heart's jumping, my shirt's moving, I'm a little, my heart's racing now. Why? Because God's told me to multiply, He's told me to multiply leaders, multiply small groups, multiply church locations. God, do you know how big that is? I don't know how, and He says, Wayne, move on. Do it scared. And that was a quote from Joyce Meyer. Do it scared. Are you prepared to move on from where you're at to the next level, even when you're scared? Here's a verse for you. Philippians 1, 28. Don't be intimidated, fearful or terrified in any ways by your enemies. Don't allow the panic to set in. Don't become paralyzed by the enemy. It will be evidence that you are going to be saved. You see, the enemy would like to lie to you. He will remind you or show you what possibly could happen based upon what did happen in your past so that you won't do what you're going to need to do. He's a liar. Are you going to believe God? Yes, Joshua, at the Jordan River, faced with exactly gone around the mountain. 40 years he's gone around the mountain. And he's facing now the same test. Are we going to believe God? Then God says to Joshua, sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord is going to do great things for you. See, sanctify means separate yourselves from one thing to another. I'd like to submit to you. You need to sanctify, separate yourself from negativity. Separate yourself from people who are going to naysayers and down you all the time. Separate yourself from fear and terror. And I want you to move on and, say, and, and align yourself now with God. God says to them these words, and I love this. Listen to this. God said to Joshua, since you have never traveled this way before. Oh, you better believe it. I haven't been this way before. Just by the way, neither have you. Don't come here with your know-it-all. I love what Jerry Cooper was saying the other day. I'm listening to Jerry Cooper. And he says, before he went into ministry, he could write a book this thick on how you should run a church. Now that he's a senior minister, he's battling to write a pamphlet. It's a lot easier. I tell you, you should have seen me yesterday at the rugby. I could tell you exactly what was wrong. I could fix your British team anytime. Just, I, I, I know it all. Have I ever played one? No, I haven't played. I'm, I'm a champion. It's so easy. But we need to, we haven't been this way before, God said. So he says this, tell the priests to take the Ark of the Covenant and go before you. 
And stay half a mile behind them so that you can clearly see them. And don't come any closer, God says. Joshua, would you please send the priests ahead of you? You see, when you're in your hard place, are you prepared to praise the Lord and look at the presence of God? You see, half a mile gave them just enough space so that a million other people could also see the presence of God. And so, so the priests go in. They go right into the river, and they're moving on. They are going to the next level. They are doing it scared. These priests, these priests, they got the ark on their shoulders. They got their socks and shoes on, and they get to the water. Now you always take your shoes off, don't you? So they take off their shoes and they're just in their socks, and they stand in the water, just a couple of feet. The presence on their shoulders. And nothing happens. Nothing happens. You see, God stopped the river at another city far upstream called Adam. And it would have taken over 20 minutes for the water to have subsided so that they started to see God's working. They could have, right there in the river, nah, nah, this isn't working, I'm getting out of here. Then they would have done another lap around the mountain. But they stood their ground with the presence of the Lord. I'm sure I could hear them singing, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do this. And next thing the water stopped, started to go down. So they took some more steps. And finally, according to Joshua's instructions, they're standing in the middle of the river with the presence of God. Oh my goodness. And then the children of Israel were able to go through on dry ground. But the priests had wet socks. Are you wanting to go to the other side? Are you prepared to praise the Lord? You see, you can't overcome fear by yourself. You need the presence of God. When you're facing a problem... What's your first response? (laughs) Or are you going to praise the Lord? I love this. Graham Cook says, you can't have a problem without a provision. But also, you can't have a provision without a problem. We all want the provision. That means you need a problem. God, will you be my provider? Okay, here's a problem. Uh, mm -mm. I just want the provision. No, you need a problem so that he can be the provider. See, I don't need to know everything when I'm walking with somebody who knows everything. Don't look at the circumstances. Look at God. Look at him. You see, you need to be focusing on him because he's focusing on you. You need to be focusing on him Because he's focusing on you. He's got your back. But when I can't see it, I don't care. Focus on him. He doesn't ask you to see it. He said, trust me. I don't know how it's going to work. You don't need to know how it's going to work out. Will you trust him? Will you go and move on? Will you keep on moving to the other side? And go to the next level. But I just want to ask one last question as I close. 
how would you like to skip a couple of levels? How would you like to just go up three or four notches? I would. Why go to school? Let's go straight to work. You know what I mean? How, anyone else like that? Anyone else? Well, the children of Israel were going along. Why don't you be the priest who carries the presence of God? Are you willing to stand in the middle of your adversity, in the middle of your trial, in the middle of your chest, carrying the the presence of God and saying, this way, this way, next? Are you prepared to have delayed reward so someone else can get there before you? Are you prepared to be a priest of the Most High God and stand in the river with wet socks? That away. Next. Come on. Come on, honey. You can do it. I'm scared. I know the water won't hurt you. Come. Come with me. Come on. We're going to do this. Are you prepared to go upstairs to some kids and say, this is the way of the Lord. Come on. We can do this together. There's the toilet. Come on. You can do this. Are you prepared to get to some young people and say, this is the way of the Lord. Let's go. Come on. Let's move it. Let's go. Come on, guys. Quickly. Are you prepared to praise the Lord in your wet socks or is it all about you? (sighs) This church, the music is far too loud. Oh my goodness, 35,000 decibels, I'm sure. (laughs) The Lord has already provided. There's some nice earplugs on the back there, light, luminous yellow. Put them in. It's a blessing of the Lord. That South African preacher. He preaches so loud and shouts, honey, you've heard nothing yet. You want to see what level I can go to? I tell you, we are moving to the other side. You can be grumpy. (laughs) I don't like the tea and the coffee. You see the way that God sets out the chairs and the hairstyle. (laughs) What's with the hairstyle? He's got gel in it. Don't you realize he's over 50? You know, in my denomination, we used to do it like this. Oh, wait. No, don't say that <laughs> Lord, I'm going to praise you anyhow. I'm going to praise you anyhow. I didn't say you have to like it. Are you prepared to stand in that river with wet socks and say, I want to usher the presence of God. Somebody come on into the promised land. Oh, my goodness, I want the presence of God. I want the presence of God. It's not all about me. It's about somebody else to experience the presence of God. When we started this meeting this morning, we, we had the song. And the, the, the lyrics go, Whoa, whoa, you split the sea so I could walk right through it. You drowned my fear in perfect love. You rescued me, now I can stand and sing. I am a child of God.